really love it. If you would, turn with me to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. I'm going to be going over part of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane and His steps in, just praying to His Father. And I know there's big decisions in my life through high school that I had to make that led me to college. And one of those large steps, God was calling me to be in the ministry. But many times I didn't want to to take that step. I had a pretty good job making money and working long hours, and I was settled with that. If I was to do landscaping, you know, if you want weeds pulled, I can pull weeds. If you want me to, you know, cut trees, I'll cut trees. That was where I thought God was going to have me. Speaking behind a pulpit, singing, working with kids was never really something that I had planned in my life. But when the Holy Spirit whispered, and when God's Word started working in my heart, I could do, do one or two things. And that was either listen to Him and follow it, or say, you know what, Lord? I'm not going to listen and go my own path. In Matthew 26, and we're going to start in verse number 38, we see Jesus is praying to His Father, and He comes to the week of His time before He comes to the crucifixion on the cross. And He's taking His disciples, and He's been telling them, I'm going to go, and I'm going to die on the cross, and I'm, going to, and I'm not going to be with you any longer. And we see that Jesus has a multitude of, various things happening. Yeah, we see him. Jesus cries and he's been healing people and all of these miracles. But his disciples don't understand fully that relationship that they had, that they were able to have with Jesus as he was walking with them, as he healed people, as he raised people from the dead. And tonight, as we look in Matthew 26, I want us to see that all of us as Christians need to have that garden with God. And I'm going to open in prayer before we begin. Dear Lord, I thank you for this time, and I thank you just for the opportunity that I have to open your word. I pray that you would just use it in lives, and I pray that you would just remove me from the picture, and that it would just be your words, and that you would give me the correct words to say, that your spirit would just fill me, and that you'd remove all of the emotions that I have that would be self and I pray that you would just take this and that it would be used for your glorification. In your name I pray. Amen. Matthew 26, 38 says, Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here, and watch with me. And he went a little further, and fell on his face, and prayed, saying, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples, and findeth them asleep, and saith unto Peter, What, could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Here we see Jesus is in the garden with his disciples, and he's come to pray. He's come to a time where he knows the cross is coming up. He, know, he knows that all of the burdens and the sorrows that he's bearing is going to be fulfilled soon. And his disciples come with him. And we see, firstly, his disciples were to stand and watch. We see Jesus says to them, Tarry ye and watch with me. We need to see first the picture that Christ gives us, that we are all to tarry and watch. Now we see tarry has the idea to abide with continually. The disciples had been doing that for quite a while. We know that many of them, 
He said, forget your old past and become fishers of men, as we've heard today. They were all called by God from their old past to do something new. And here he says, I need you to tarry, to abide with me constantly. We see that in Hebrews 12 too. That Jesus wanted us to tarry with him. In Hebrews 12 too, it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and minister of our, of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down on the right hand of God. When we tarry with God, the author of our faith, we see his character, we see who he is, and we see what he can do in our lives. And many times, we as Christians can get our eyes off of Christ, and we can become, we become focused on living our own lives and tarrying with our friends and with all of our own responsibilities. Me personally, that was my job. I got to a place to where I wanted to abide continually at that job to the point if I lost sleep, at my job. Eating, I skip a meal. Family, no. I was so consistently wanting that job that it had me abiding there for longer periods of time. But we see also another action that Jesus told them to do. He said, tarry ye and watch. And we see watch gives, is the idea of giving strict attention I had a dog when I was growing up. His name was Buddy. He was a kind of a mutt. He was just, you know, first dog. He was a wonderful pet. And growing up, he would never really listen to me. But I would always try to leash him, and we'd go on little walks. But usually those walks turned into me getting pulled around by him because he was a very big dog. And we had this bright idea as me and my siblings to attach him to our bikes. That way we could keep up with him. So we'd put them around the handlebar, which could be a good and bad thing. And many times we would try to, you know, we'd, he'd abide with us continually. But he was not watching us. And many times if he found a squirrel or a frog or a chicken, we would follow in the direction behind him as he pulled us off the bikes and everything. That dog can abide with us. But many times they're not going to give strict attention if I was to call, buddy, come here, he could look at me and he could run the other way. I could give him as many dog treats as I wanted, but eventually he'd go back to living his regular life. Us as Christians, are we like that puppy who constantly gets distracted and says, oh, here's a dog treat. And he leaves where we should be focusing on and where we should be watching. Because that first action is going to help us tremendously as we seek to have that garden time with God and how we base our, all of our decisions on in our life. If we're not in that garden, watching and tarrying with Christ, we're going to have no clue the next step to take in our life. But as we take time and we tarry with God and we watch Him, He enables us to do many different things. We see in Matthew 26, 39, And he went a little far further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. We see that Christ, he comes to the garden and he's praying and he says, Disciples, I want you to tarry and watch with me. I'm going to go pray. And we, we know from earlier times that the disciples, they fall asleep. 
They don't do a very well job of watching and tearing with Christ. I know many times that's me. I get tired, I get worn down, and I'm done. And my tearing and my watching becomes sleeping and snoring. But Jesus came and he prays and he says, Not my will, but thy will. Now we know that Jesus and God are the same person. So we understand that it's the same will. But he struggled through that same emotion as us. All of us has that choice to say, My will or God's will. And I can tell you many times in my life, I've said, my will over God's will. But if Jesus himself wanted to have God's will, and he prayed for God's will, then how come I don't do it? How come I don't pray, and I don't tarry and watch as much as the disciples, or even Jesus did? We see Jesus was willing to give up his own physical needs as he went to the cross. They say that no man should have been able to endure all of the pain, all of the sorrows, and all of the beatings that Jesus went through. But even then, instead of giving up, he said, not my will, but thine. Even though it was very difficult, and it was painful, and he he was to the point of trying to give up, he did it. Because it was his Father's will. In Deuteronomy 6, 1, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thine soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. We see firstly that Christ tells his disciples, us here, the Christians, to tarry and watch him. Then we see he wants us to start with his will and put ours away. And in doing that, he blesses us abundantly by helping us live our lives in a way that changes our decisions and our actions. And instead of reacting to things, we respond because the Spirit and the power of God is upon our lives. But as we seek for God's will, how do we find that? God's will is some things that many different pastors have tried to pinpoint. But God's will is different for every person. God's will is different for your life than it is mine. And that's a step-by-step thing we have to do. But how do we find that? We see we find that in Scripture. God's Word is His guidebook for our lives. It may seem, seem a little too simple for that, but it is just that simple. God's will can be found in His Word. Jeremiah 23, 29 says, Is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces? The Word of God is powerful, even today. Though many people will say it's an old book, it's a dead book. The Word of God still has that power. And it has that power to change our will and to see God's will. But we also see that we need Scripture and we also need supplication. Many of you know, but I am dating Kristen, and she doesn't know this tonight, but supplication in a wrong way would be me and Kristen 
going to college for three years, getting to know each other, and then after three years, after tonight, let's say, and never talking to each other. Would I have a very good relationship with her? No. It would end very fast. Our relationship with God is the same way. It's not that He goes away and that He ends our relationship. He's there. He's always here waiting for us to have that relationship. Kristen would probably be longing for that still. But it's a choice that all of us have to make, and it's between two people. But you know what? God always wants us to do His will, and He always wants us to be talking to Him. But prayer is one of those keys that we can have to having a relationship to God because we all must walk in that garden. We all must have a relationship with God. And if we don't have that relationship and that walk, our steps are going to be out of tune. And instead of coming to Bible college, you could end up at a secular college working 100 hours a week in landscaping. And miserable because you didn't follow the call God had in your life. Ephesians 6.18 shows us more about this. If you would turn there actually with me. Ephesians 6.18. It says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Here we see that the spiritual warfare and how we are all at war. And that's the same case with God's will. The devil is going to put everything in our way to try to get us out of God's will. But if we're tarrying and watching on Christ, and we constantly give up, and we surrender to God's will, then through His Scripture and through prayer, He leads us along. Charles Spurgeon had a quote. He says, To enter the storehouses of treasure of God and to gather out riches of an inexhaustible storehouse, that is what prayer is. To pray is to enter the treasure house of God and to gather out riches out of an inexhaustible storehouse. When we pray to God, we're not just praying to some foreign person, some being we can't see. We pray to our friend to our Savior, who gives us with arms open. But many times, we don't tarry and watch, and we don't start with God's will. But we see the third step that Christ shows is that we steer from temptation. This is the result of tarrying and watching with Christ. And we see the next thing is that we start with God's will. And when we're in those two areas, He steers us from temptation. But if we're not tearing and watching and we're not starting with God's will, and we have self, and we have only I focused, those temptations are going to be easier to accept and fall for. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. Jesus Christ cares for you 
And he wants you to cast all your cares upon him. Can I tell you what? He's the only one who can take all of our cares. And he's the only one who could care for all of us the way we need it. And he's the only one who can steer us from temptations. We see Christ's spirit indwells in us that are saved. And he has that power to say no to temptation because the spirit of God is in our lives. But it's a stepping process. If you're not with Christ and watching him, and you're not focused upon his will, then you don't have the power in your life. He may be a part of your relationship, but you may not have that friendship and that power. 2 Samuel 23.2 says, The Spirit of the Lord spoke by me, and His word was in my tongue. Samuel, he was a prophet of God, and the Spirit, the word of God, was in his tongue. But when we walk in the flesh, we become selfish and stuck in our ways. We do all of those things on our own ability. Without the Holy Spirit and a relationship with God, we'll never stand for God and His truths. We'll never be able to be a grounded Christian who is living for the Lord. Watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. The Spirit truly is willing. He's ready. He's able. But the flesh is weak. When we come before God in prayer and we come to His Word and we start to grow and we start to recognize who Christ is to us and we say, you know what? Seth's will is useless. It's a bad idea anyway. And he's not going to have a happy life. He's not going to have a fulfilled, successful life out of God's will. And I say, I want to follow God's will in my life. And I'm going to tarry and fix upon Him constantly. And then he steers us from those temptations. And God is right there willing. And he's ready to give us all of those blessings. And to steer us from temptations. And to guide us down the steps that he wants us to go. But you all have to tarry in the garden to get there. Tarry and watch. Start in God's will. And he'll steer you from temptations. I think of a song that our writer wrote. And he says, I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses and the voice I hear falling on my ears the Son of God discloses. And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. And the voice I hear and the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. I think that's exactly what Jesus was thinking when he told his disciples, tarry ye here and watch with me. He wanted his disciples to have that power. So many times they struggled to realize where the power came from. But it was all in their relationship with him. Stand and watch. Start with God's will. And he'll, He will steer you from the temptations of your life.
Only you can make that choice to have sweet communion with God. It's not something Pastor Luther can do. It's not something Pastor Kenny can do. It's not something I can do. It's a choice only something you can do. Those disciples, they had to choose to come with God to the garden. It's the same choice that we have tonight. Are we going to stand and watch? Or are we going to fall asleep? Are we going to start with God's will? Or are we going to be like Judas Iscariot and say, I want those 30 pieces of silver? Only you can have sweet communion with God as you tarry here with him in the garden. Amen. Look, what's one of the first things that Jesus did when he called his disciples? What did he call them to do? The first thing he called them to do was this, be with him. That's one of the first things. When he called them unto himself, just to be with them. God wants us as believers just to be with him, spend time with him. I hope you do that. I hope you do that. Not just, not just Sundays, every day. Spend time with the Lord, just tarry in his presence. Spend time in the word of God. Spend time in prayer. Spend time with the Lord. I appreciate that challenge this, this evening and uh, your message this evening. I appreciate it very much. I really do. I really do. But I wonder, have you spent much time with the Lord?